Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. What a morning we got working here and delighted you're along for the ride. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We had Charles Barkley in our first hour on the Goodyear Hotline. We had Magic Johnson on the TV show this morning, so I'm having a good day. A reminder, if you miss any of the program, there's always two excellent ways to catch up any time of day you want. We stream on ESPN Plus live, and then it lives the rest of the day. You can watch anytime you want. Show's also a podcast called Hashtag Greeny. Both hours of the show posted daily as a podcast. It's available anywhere you listen to your podcast. Hembo feeling kind of good today. Got dunked on by Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson oh, obliterated man. you on television this morning. He sure did. We, we asked him the trivia question, and then he began to answer it correctly, as it turns out, and then says, where's the gentleman in the back? Referring to me as a gentleman. First time in my life, for sure. And also... Magic Johnson, knowing who I was today, sort of an unexpected twist. Oh, and he went off on you, by the way. Just went off in celebrating his win. So there's a million things going on. And then there were four in the NBA playoffs, which is, and it was not the four anybody saw coming. We'll get to that. (laughs) Baseball will never look the same again after today. We will get to that. But the huge breaking news that has been coming across while we've been on the air, the, the Supreme Court of the United States has unanimously ruled against the NCAA and its amateurism rules. It is a ruling that is going to have an enormous impact on collegiate sports as we know them. And I just want to read you one paragraph. Justice Kavanaugh wrote an opinion on this. Again, it was nine to nothing, so they all agreed. But he wrote an opinion on this, and I'm just going to read you how strongly worded this is. So he starts by saying, to be sure, the NCAA and its member colleges maintain important traditions that have become part of the fabric of America. And then he describes some of those traditions, stuff that we all know about, game days in Tuscaloosa and South Bend. He goes on to describe some of those. But then he writes, those traditions alone cannot justify the NCAA's decision to build a massive money-raising enterprise on the backs of student-athletes who were not fairly compensated. Nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. Under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. Brett Kavanaugh wrote that. So the NCAA just got obliterated. Uh, the highest court in the land. Now, what exactly does that mean going forward? I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what direct impact it has on this. This wasn't the name, image, and likeness case. This isn't about just throwing open the doors and paying anybody whatever you want. But it is clearly the first step towards what is going to be sweeping and massive change to the way amateurism is defined in this country. So we'll talk about it further. Again, that's, that's not the top thing, I think, in most people's level of interest today. But it is something that is just developing over the course of the last half hour. And when I saw that paragraph, I thought we needed to read it. Meanwhile, predictions are hard. So before the season, raise your hand if you had Clippers, Suns, Hawks, and Bucks in the NBA's Final Four. This is like filling out your sheet of integrity and having Butler, Old Dominion, and Stephen F. Austin (laughs) in the Final Four. So who wins it now? Who wins it now? I think the Bucks and the Suns wind up in the finals. I like the Suns because I think Chris Paul will come back and Kawhi won't. I like the Bucks for all the reasons that I expected, but now I'm starting to rethink that. I don't know. I've had some good predictions over the course of these playoffs. For example, I picked the Hawks 
to win this series against Philadelphia. I can prove it. I saw it up here on the screen. Did we take that down or we still have? Yeah, here's my pick. This is my pick on the Hawks series. Am I crazy if I think Atlanta might win? The Hawks looked so good against the Knicks. So good. I know the Knicks are not a great team, but Embiid, do you trust him? Do you trust Simmons in a big spot? I shoot foul shots better than he does. That could matter if these games are close. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do it. I'm going out on a limb. Darn it. I am picking the Atlanta Hawks to win that series in six. So let it be written. So let it be done. How about me? How about me with the pick? Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. I feel pretty good about that. By the way, Vegas likes the Bucks, right? Vegas, the, the Bucks are plus 105. The Suns are plus 150. The, Clay, the Clippers are plus 800. The Hawks are plus 1,100. Is that to win the championship? That's to win the championship. To win the championship. So would you throw some money? If, 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 there's a, if there's a value pick in here, is that value pick Atlanta? Absolutely, it's Atlanta. They won 35 of their last 50 games. It's because the country at large doesn't believe in them. If you've watched this team play like I did the last couple of weeks, the, the Bucks have the Bucks should be favored to win this series, but Atlanta can absolutely win this series because they can outscore the Bucks and and they absolutely can win playing their style. And Milwaukee has not demonstrated to me that that offense that they dominated with in the regular season translates to the playoffs. Does Kawhi come back? <laughs> I have no idea. Why are you laughing? Because like it's, that? A, it's a funny question. I have no idea if Kawhi comes back. I mean. Woj's reporting suggests that there's it's it's very unlikely, and his you know, track record suggests it's very unlikely. So I think we're going at this without Kawhi Leonard. At least that's how I'm viewing these picks. Nuno, let me bring you in here for your hashtag Nuno hashtag KOD picks. Bucks, Hawks. You have the Bucks in five. Yes, sir. And Clippers, Suns. Suns in six. Suns in six. I think a lot of people will be happy to see. Chris Paul finally get a championship if he does. They looked awfully good yesterday without him. That, the improvement that team has made year over year is remarkable, and he, for my money, is the biggest reason why. In the meantime, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I also think that I want to offer my take here. This is going to be a Greeny take, and I hit the wrong soundbite there. This is what I meant to hit. I also think... Greenies takes. I believe Kevin Durant's legend grows in defeat. I believe that Kevin Durant's legend is right at this moment greater than at any previous time of his career. I think not since he was the best player on that young trio team in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Has my regard for Kevin Durant been at the level that it is right now? His last moments in Oklahoma City were terrible. It was him not playing well and not getting it done with a 3-2 lead at home against Golden State and uh, Clay Thompson saving Golden State's season and the Warriors, excuse me, the, the Thunder falling in seven and me going on the other next day and saying Durant will play one more year in OKC and give it a try and instead he goes to the Hamptons, meet up, meets up with all those Warriors and joins a 73-win team. I have never criticized him for the decision. That's his call. If that's what he wants to do, who am I to tell him he shouldn't or can't? But has that impacted the way I have viewed his greatness? Absolutely. And I know I'm not alone on that. I have to believe everyone feels that way. I think that has been the cause of a lot of his frustration. He went from the most beloved player in the league, wearing a backpack to press conferences and calling his mom the real MVP, to someone who had to get a burner account because he was getting so much hate on social media. 
He then chooses to go to the Nets to team up with Kyrie. Then they bring in James Harden. I think the world was ready to root against them and against him like crazy because they're all great, but he's the best player. And then a strange thing happened, and ultimately a terrible thing. Kyrie Irving's outside of his ankle touched the ground. James Harden's hamstring never came back. And Kevin Durant found himself basically all by himself. And then he played 101 out of 101 possible minutes in games 5 and 7, got his team over the hump in game 5, and missed by an inch from winning one of the, the, the game seven and what would have been one of the greatest walk-off shots in the history of the sport. If that's a three instead of a two, oh. that is the stuff of endless legend. And then he just ran out of gas in overtime. But I will say this, and I cannot be alone. My regard for Kevin Durant grows based upon these this series more than it would have if they had won the championship with the three of them put together. Is that a reasonable or unreasonable position for me to take? It's a reasonable position for you to take. So to, it doesn't make that much of a difference to you then that it's happening in the conference semifinals rather than the conference finals no. or the NBA finals. But I mean, I, look, he's playing against another superstar in mm-hmm. Giannis. He's playing against a team that, that has been great for several years. It's a legit series against a good opponent. And wherever you are in the playoffs, it's win or go home. So I've never really made a very big deal in my mind about, well, this took place in this round versus that round. At the end of the day, every playoff series is for your life. You either win or you're done. So this was with their season on the line. Kevin Durant did everything you could ever ask a player. I guess what I'm saying is this. In my lifetime, I've never thought I could see a player who could have done more than he did. Like, I don't know what more you could do than he did. Here's the other thing I'll say about him. That guy's a good defender. Very. He's a mm. much better defender than I have, I've ever given him credit for, and I feel like most people have given him credit for. He locks down, and he did it for fi- 101 minutes. <laughs> 101 minutes in two games. If that shot's a three and not a two greenie at the end, do you think they w- they're going to win that game? Do they win the championship? I think so. I think they do. Let's put it this way. If they got Kyrie and, and, uh, and, and Harden back, if they got either of them back, I think they win the championship if Harden comes back at full strength. So that was just epic. In the meantime, you're going to find the fascinating, the green list for this morning. The five best players left in the dance, ranked in order. You will hear who they are next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's macy's.com slash 
Gift Finder. Greeny, the podcast. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. The Green List is my top five, this, that, or the other, as chosen exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And here are the top five best players left in the playoffs. Top five best players left in the playoffs. Number five. Five is Chris Paul. Now, I put him that low because I'm not 100% certain of what the circumstance is going to be about his availability. If I knew for sure he was going to play game two, if I knew for sure he was going to be available, and I wasn't always worried about seeing him get hurt in the playoffs, I would probably put him higher on this list. Certainly, historically, he's number one on the list. Historically, he's the greatest player left in these playoffs, inclusive of Giannis and everybody else. I know Giannis has won two MVPs, and Chris Paul has never won any. But Chris Paul, if you wanted to make an argument, is on the short list of greatest point guards that ever lived. You could easily and defend it well. Chris Paul is a guy that I think most basketball people who don't have a horse in this race are rooting for because you'd like to see him get one at this stage of his career. Chris Paul, for me, is number five on the list of the best players in the playoffs that remain. Number four. Four is Paul George. Paul George is a guy who also, his playoff history would have kept me, is what's keeping me from putting him any higher. I can't just decide, okay, he's done it huge now in the absence of Kawhi for two games. That's it. The whole playoff conundrum is now over. Part of this is a lack of total confidence that he will continue playing this way. But at his best, and that's always been the question, Paul George is spectacular. He's is the, the talent level of a legit NBA superstar. His inability at times to unlock it in the postseason has been confounding, and it has been what has kept him from being on this level before. So my lack of confidence puts him at number four on the list of the five best players left in this day. Number three. Three is Trey Young. I love Trey Young. I, I love everything about that kid. I love the onions. Look at him last night. Trey Young could not throw the ball in the ocean last night. For the first three quarters of that game, Ben Simmons was saying, boy, that guy can't shoot. <laughs> That's how badly Trey Young was shooting. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't stop shooting. He kept leading his team. He kept shooting. He kept finding other ways. And then ultimately made big buckets in that fourth quarter and big offensive plays. He's a, I think, I think Tra- the most interesting thing that has happened to me in this postseason has been the emergence of Trey Young as a legit NBA top-level star. Do you realize Trey Young was not an all-star this year? He was not an all-star this year. Ben Simmons was, and Trey Young was not. Think about what your perception is of Ben Simmons this morning and what your perception is of Trey Young. He's number three on the list. Number two. Giannis is two. Giannis is two. Giannis is a great player. Giannis is an historically great player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I like everything about him. I like his attitude. We talk about guys who don't put in the work. I think that kid puts in the work. The, 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 the improvements he has made in his game. Sometimes I think he needs a coach to get in his face. But one way or another, I like his attitude. I like his motor. I like his the, the way he takes the regular season uh, seriously. But the reality is he has, he has a little bit of limitation in his greatness. Now, I think he's got all the guts in the world. He's the anti-Ben Simmons in that he's going to go out there. You're going to have to carry him out on his shield, and he's going to take every shot that's available to him, sometimes to a fault. But I'd much rather have that problem than the other. 
I love Giannis. And, of course, his pedigree suggests, you know, as the two-time MVP, that he should be number one on this list. But the flaw in his game suggests to me that he's not. Number one. I'm putting Devin Booker number one. Mm. If you told me I could have any of the players left in these playoffs on my team right now, I would take Devin Booker. What is Devin Booker, 24 years old? I should have looked this up before we came on. I think he's 24 years old. Devin Booker is unbelievable. And in the absence of Chris Paul, Devin Booker ran the show. Did you watch that game? If you watched that game yesterday, you know that he gave you so much more than 40 points. He controlled that game like a veteran point guard. That was a good game to the final drop. The Clippers had opportunities late, and Devin Booker just would not stop. Devin Booker is an NBA superstar. You don't know it because he's played in Phoenix, and they have been basically a wasteland for the last several years. Well, they are not that anymore. They're well coached with Monty Williams. they got a bunch of good players, and by far the best of them is Devin Booker. And so to me, that is my green list of the five best players remaining in these playoffs. Chris Paul is five. Paul George is four. Trey Young is three. Giannis is two. And Devin Booker is one. Hashtag Nuno. I will allow you to critique the list, even though it is, of course, compiled by me and only me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. Do you take issue with any of my picks? No. And the great or the the outstanding thing or about Devin Booker is he was the ter- 13th pick of the 2015 draft. There was three other Kentucky players that went ahead of him. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Lowes, and Willie Cauley-Stein. He's the best player in that draft, which had, you know, Porzingis and D'Angelo Russell and Okafor and Carl Anthony Towns. It's just now he's always put up these great numbers. It's just now he's putting them up in meaningful games. He didn't start for Kentucky. <laughs> okay. Kentucky, that was the year that they were, you know, one of the great teams of all time. Yeah. Everyone thought they'd win the championship easily and they wound up losing. They also Wisconsin, right? In the semifinals. Yes, Am I right. doing that right? Mm-hmm. But, 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 but he didn't start on that team and he has developed. You're right. So if you're starting a team right now with him or Carl Anthony Towns, you're taking Booker, right? Not There's even no close. question. There's none. I mean, you know, Towns, and I like Carl Anthony Towns a lot. He's a very good player and he is, you know, he was thought to be a generational star, like a guy who was going to change the course of a franchise, and and obviously he hasn't been that. And Devin Booker, I think, is the best. He he is a legit NBA superstar that we did not see coming. All right, is uh, is Ben Simmons going to get traded? And if so, for who? Hembo has a bunch of possibilities. We'll see if we can work out the deal. Plus, we will explain why baseball, as of today, will never look the same again. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you. As always, we come to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, and we are jam-packed. We obviously have all of this basketball that we've been getting into and will continue to. The Supreme Court of the United States has ruled strongly, unanimously against the NCAA in uh, an amateurism case, which we've talked about a little bit today. But we've not yet gotten to what I think is, is the moment or the story that has the most immediate impact, and that is this. I'm ready to go right now. Green light with Greeny. Well, I'm going to give Hembo the green light this morning to explain why America's pastime will never look the same again starting today. Hembo, go. Well, Greeny, that's because today is the first day in which Major League Baseball is choosing to enforce its foreign substance rules. In other words, today's the first day they're not going to let pitchers cheat. Quite simply, there are lots of pitchers around the game doing it or having done so. We've talked about it a lot over the last couple weeks, but that is going to mean that we should see a good bit more offense in our favorite game here starting literally today. Over the last couple weeks, as we've known this was going to happen, we start to see a slight uptick in offense around Major League Baseball as pitchers have seemingly tried to wean themselves off of these foreign substances, which increase their spin rates and effectively help them get hitters out. No more. Major League Baseball starting today is enforcing those rules, and we're going to see all sorts of checks and checkpoints, these kinds of things. Sort of Buster likened it to like a DUI checkpoint several times throughout the game. When pitchers come in and out, the umpires are going to probably add a little bit of time to the game. I'm guessing hopefully pitchers abide by this stuff. But, yeah, I think we're going to see it uh, impact the game right away and see a lot more offense in baseball starting today. The penalty is 10 game mm-hmm. suspension with pay for pitchers if caught using these uh, sticky substances. Yeah. So a couple of questions that come to my mind um, in, in no particular order. One of the questions that I found I got a lot, I was away for a couple of days playing a lot, a lot of golf. And, you know, at the golf course is where you tend to hear what sports fans are thinking about because everybody's a sports fan and everyone wants to yell a question over to you. And so a lot of it was about the NBA playoffs, but a lot of it was about this. And one of the questions that I got was a pretty smart question. A guy says to me, Greeny, all the guys, so let's take, take a pitcher. Paul Hambikitis is, is a pitcher and he's cheating. Mm-hmm. He's using this substance and it is a part of the reason for his success. The guys on his own team know that. Right. Like, his own teammates know that. And they're suffering because other teams have guys who are doing the same thing. Why wasn't this policed from the inside by the offensive players and their own teammates before it turned into something baseball had to do something about? Because the culture of baseball was, was such. It's, baseball's very slow to change. Baseball's, like, we saw this with the steroid thing. These guys... This has become sort of embedded within the culture of the sport. And so the unwritten rule was we're just not going to say anything about it because it's helping you and helping us equally. Not, 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 not pitchers and position players, but team to team. But now that this is all out in the open, we are going to see teams most definitely flag this because now you can use it as, as, as a way to benefit yourself. Now you can use this as, as a competitive advantage. If you recognize an opportunity and you see another pitcher that's acting suspicious – I can go to the umpire and say, check this guy out, because that, that gives me a better chance to win that night, whereas before, it was sort of, I, I like to think, sort of seesawing back and forth between both teams. Our MLB weekend recap is brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma money progress starts here. What starts, again, today is they will start checking these pictures mm. for sticky substances. Is there any way of guessing, and I will grant that all we're doing is guessing, that there is a team 
that should benefit from this? And is there a team that one would suspect could be particularly adversely affected by this? Yes, I think so. On the pitching side, I think the team that will be most adversely affected is the Los Angeles Dodgers. They have a bunch of pitchers with extremely high spin rates, most notably Trevor Bauer, and that's a team like breaking all those kinds of records. And their pitching has been awfully good, in part as a result of those high spin rates. I think with the enforcement now, you'll likely see that number go down a lot, and thus their run prevention will probably dip some. On the opposite side of things, I maintain the opinion that the Yankees are probably the team offensively that has the most to gain in Greeny. That's because that's the team so far this season who I think probably based upon our expectations coming in, have fallen much, much short of it in relation to all other teams. So I think we'll see the Yankees score a lot more runs. I think we'll see the Dodgers allow uh, at least a few more runs than we, that we saw before this enforcement. One more question on this, because mm. I need you to explain to me what it is I read. So I'm you know, trying as hard as I can to keep up with all the basketball, and I got all the notes this morning and everything else, and I see the story from Buster. Mm. And I didn't get a chance to get as in-depth into it as I normally would, so I'm just going to ask you to condense it for me and for the audience. And that is, apparently there's a gentleman's agreement amongst all the teams that they're not going to instruct the umpire to check. So if you're pitching, and I'm the manager on the other team, we all kind of have a gentleman's agreement that we're not going to go out to the mound or however you do it, get the attention of the umpire and Mm -hmm. say, hey, check that guy's glove because he's got, you know, crazy glue on it. (laughs) But that there are three teams that are going to go rogue on this gentleman's agreement? Help me with this. Yeah, so in in a nutshell... Baseball, like I mentioned before, for a long time has just sort of no harm, no foul here. So if, if we think that the other team's pitcher is using, we're not going to say anything because we don't want them coming after our guy. There are three teams, TBD teams, that, <laughs> based upon Buster's reporting, are not going to abide by said agreement. Like I mentioned, this is a competitive advantage now, and teams are going to use it as such. So if we recognize that you're cheating, we're going to go to the umpire, break that gentleman's agreement, which baseball has had in place for 150 years, and say, screw it, because we, have, we want to improve our chances to win. And if you're striking my guys out, we don't think that it's fair. I don't care what the unwritten rules say. All right, so this has the potential then to get really ugly, right? Like oh, that yeah. could get ugly. And we're going to start thro- throwing at people and that kind of stuff. Like baseball's frontier justice is a very sensitive thing. That, and if you start going down that road, I wouldn't be at all surprised if almost on a daily basis we're starting to see some of that ugliness. Well, look, I mean, this is a sport where if you swing at a 3-0 pitch with a big lead, you, you have basically oh. slapped someone across the face That's with a bush. white glove. That's Bush. So now if all of a sudden the manager is going to say, hey, I think that guy's got, you know, thumbtacks and, and other things right now under oh, yeah. the brim of his cap, mm-hmm. this, is gonna cause, I mean, we, this is going to cause real, um, real animosity, no doubt. of which I'm in complete favor. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the world better for sports than real animosity. We need this, but we also need the rules to be enforced because the game is better when people are abiding by the rules and the game is not imbalanced. Okay, so that is what's going on. That is why t- today is the first day of the rest of baseball's life, for better or for worse, it is in place And we will see and we will definitely keep a very close eye on the turns that it takes as we go forward. Meanwhile, the overwhelming stat of the day is is, is 330, right? No hitter in baseball is hitting 330, he said jokingly, because of all of the the crazy glue. (laughs) 330, however, is an outstanding batting average. 330 is not a good statistic if that is your free throw shooting percentage. Ben Simmons shot 15 of 45 from the line against Atlanta and 34% from the line for the playoffs overall. That is the worst free throw percentage in NBA playoff history. He was held under 10 points in four of the seven games of the conference semifinals, including the five points he scored yesterday. 
He did not take a single shot in the fourth quarter in five out of the seven games, including the last four. Game on the line, season on the line, did not attempt a single shot. And, of course, the lasting image of that and of this series is going to be him passing on an open dunk yesterday to try and throw the ball to Matisse Thibault and all of the terrible things that came as a result. So, Hembo has put together a little list. Nuno, jump on with us here because trading him, it's easy. It's very The easiest thing in sports is to say, trade that guy. Yeah. Got to get rid of him. Trade that guy. But the objective of trading a player is not just to get rid of him. I mean, I think in this case, it probably is. But the objective of trading a player is to try and find a way to win a championship, is to get yourself closer to a title. So how do you do that? When 29 other NBA teams watched what we just watched, and Ben Simmons has four years and $146 million left on his contract. So let's go through some of the names. People are sending them in. Hembo's checking with people. Did you say you called Zach Lowe? I, I, I ran all these names by Zach Lowe beforehand, too. So we have his answers uh, at the ready. Okay, so... Nuno, you jump in here as well. We're going to do a couple of who says no's. Let's see. Hembo's going to give us a, a potential trade and just to see who says no. Hembo, go. Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal. Who says no? Wizards. I, I say Washington says no. I mean, at this point, you don't trade Bradley Beal for Ben Simmons. How old is Bradley Beal? I, I mean, Ben Simmons is... The thing about Simmons, because he's been around so long, the only thing he has going for him is that he's a lot, at this point in this, yeah, is that he's a lot younger than you think. Bradley Beal's 27, Ben Simmons is 24. I don't think this, this you don't do that deal, do you, Nuno? Uh, if I'm the Wizards, nope. Here's the only way you do that if you're the Wizards. If you resign yourself to having to trade Beal, which I don't think, he doesn't seem to be forcing that issue. No, he does not. And you say, look, if we have to trade him, at least we get a piece that we can, tr- that, that, Someone might be able to unlock what, what, what is obviously there in Ben Simmons. Someone might. Is that someone the Washington Wizards? Uh, who knows? With, I, they with don't even Westbrook, have a coach. But with Westbrook, like, that would be a complete disaster. I feel like the Westbrook piece of that, it feels temporary to me. Like sure. that, that, that feels like um, a temporary piece. Like you're looking for something to build your franchise on going forward. You could do worse on that than Ben Simmons. I mean, for all the criticism that we are justifiably levying on Simmons, and I take back not one word of what I've said or has been said on this show, you could do a lot worse than building a team around him. Like, there are, there are people, there are teams out there that have less than him. Okay, give me some more options, because it's going to make the point. Go. Ben Simmons for Kristaps Porzingis, who says no. Nuno? I think they both do it. Uh, I really do believe that they would just wow. both swap in issues that they have. That's an interesting one to me. I mean, if you're the Sixers, do you want Kristaps Porzingis? Now you've got Porzingis and Embiid on the same team. I mean, Porzingis is basically a seven foot three shooting guard. Well, at least he can shoot. Uh, <laughs> that's true. The one thing you'll get from him is shooting. But now you've got you've got 15 feet worth of center that are always hurt. I'm not sure you can play them at the same time, can you? I don't know. That would be the most unusual lineup, I mean, ever. <laughs> I remember when the Knicks in my youth uh, had Bill Cartwright and Patrick Ewing, and, and Hubie Brown played them together with some limited, but ultimately limited success. Um, I don't know. I don't think I do that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think Dallas does it. Me too. I don't think Philly does it. I, I wouldn't do that if I'm Philly. Nuno, would you, who, who says no? 
I think they would both do it. You mm. both do it. I, I think they agree. both do it. I don't agree. I say I say that's Philly doesn't do that. Okay. What's next? Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum in Portland. Who says no? My God. I, I actually think that's a great trade. These are the names we're talking about, right? I understand. Like, this is the quality of player we're talking that would about. Be, I, I actually think for all the criticism we've had of Simmons here, it's a great trade for Portland. I, in my opinion, Nuno, I'll ask yours. And I like CJ. I know him. I think he's a very good NBA player. For all of his limitations, I think Ben Simmons is a better player. And he's younger, right? How yeah. old is McCollum? Simmons is younger. See, uh, McCollum is 29. Okay, yeah, so he's College younger. Player. What do you think, um, Nuno? I think... They, I think that's a trade that actually might work for both mm. of them. That look, look, if you're Portland, you're desperate to find a way to make sure Damian Lillard wants to stay. Right. And, you know, you get him a player like that. I could see him being intrigued by that. And I could see Damian Lillard being the kind of leader, if anyone can do it, that will just get in Simmons' face and say, and I quote, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> what, what the hell are we doing here? Like, like, like it, it's, I'm not rooting for that team. I don't have a rooting interest in it one way or the other. And I'm watching that game and I'm screaming at the television. Yeah. Like I can't. So, so I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my mouth because on one side, I'm saying that if that guy was on my team, I would, I would be trade him for anything, trade him for literally anything you can get for him. But then the other side of me is saying, if my team acquired him, I would be more excited by it because I think maybe at some point he figures this out. I'm not sure that he has to figure it out, though, if he goes to Portland because they already have a shot maker. Ben Simmons can just be Ben Simmons there and probably do a lot better, don't you think? Are you going to get to Julius Randle? Is he going to be one of the people you name here? He's not on my list. Do you think that, that doesn't make sense. Philly and, and, and the Knicks are making a one-for-one one trade like that. There's no way. Uh, well, that, but that's not the question. The question is, is it a good trade or not? Hmm. Nuno. Julius Randle for Ben Simmons straight up. Who says no? I think actually the 76ers say no. I just don't think him and Embiid would be a good mix. What do you think, Hembo? I, I think he's. I think Nuno is right about that. But I don't think that's a trade that would even come up if I had to guess. Oh, so, I don't either. But but I, it's still fun. Oh, Nuno, yeah. passionate, mm-hmm. hard on his sleeve, Nick fan. If I told you right now, take everything else out of the equation. Mm-hmm that you could have Ben Simmons on your team straight up instead of Julius Randle, do you do it? Honestly, I would. And wow. it just and it kind of pains me because even though I don't think he's ever going to unlock whatever's there, um, I still, as I bat, you know, destroyed 76ers fans for buying into the, the process, I think he is one of those pieces where I think for the most part across the league, players look at him like he has a lot of talent, and if he's around the right guy, they can get him get him there. Like, that's what helped Julius. Like, Julius is random, and he gives Kobe so much credit for for what he, what he did for him. And I think that's what, you know, Ben Simmons needs. Some guy like, you know, someone who's going to be like, hey, you need to work harder, and I think he'll click. I, I, actually, mm. I actually agree with that. I actually think... That if, given that option, I would do it too, but it wouldn't be an easy decision. And, and you have to factor in somewhere that Julius Randle has engendered so much goodwill in town, and Ben Simmons comes with such luggage. Yeah. He doesn't have baggage. He's got luggage, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, every all the fans are just lying in wait for him. Um, so I think it would be a, a little bit of a tough sell, but I actually think I would. Do you have any more? I got a few more. Go. We mentioned it like an hour ago. Kyle Kuzma for Ben Simmons. Who says no? Oh, I mean, it, it, <laughs> if you're a Philly and all you get for Ben Simmons is Kyle Kuzma, come on. That, that, they have to do better than that, right? <laughs> How about this name? What did Zach say when you asked him about that? He, he said Philly would say no. He said Philly would not do that. Okay, trade. fair enough. So he agrees with you. Zach Levine 
for Ben Simmons. So the Bulls, the 76ers, who says no on that trade? I think Simmons is better. I, I mean, I, I think, like, Levine has a, spec, a, a level of mm-hmm. spectacular about he him. He had a great year, though. He had a great year. He did. He's, he, but, but, I mean, Ben Simmons is still, he's a 24-year-old former number one overall pick who was supposed to be the next LeBron. What is he now? Is it, I mean, is he the next, I don't even know what. He's, he's, he's not even Jason Kidd at this point. That, that's a terrible thing to say to J, about Jason Kidd, mm-hmm. who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> but, but, but he's not. He's so far from what I think we thought he could be because, I mean, Jalen Rose will say to me all the time, he's shooting with the wrong hand. If you are an NBA all-star and it is a legitimate opinion that you are shooting with the wrong hand, something has really gone wrong. Like when a pitcher starts to struggle, you know, you never say, well, maybe he's pitching with the wrong (laughs) hand, right? That would be really aggressive that would be that would that would that would really be quite a strong criticism you know i think the only problem that guy has is that he's actually left-handed forget the spider tack that's enough of that i'm not worried about losing the spider tack i really think he needs to pitch with his other hand i mean jalen rose who knows more about forgets more about basketball every day than i'll ever know Thought he was shooting with his wrong hand. So the pro Ben Simmons argument has always been, though he can't shoot, that's easy currency in the NBA today because everyone's a 3 and D guy and he does everything else so well. What this playoff series showed to me as a fan of this team is that... He's just a D guy. Correct. He's not a 3 guy. No. You're missing half of the mm-hmm. 3 and D. You're missing the most important half <laughs> because you can more easily find guys who can play yeah. D. Three. The world is filled with guys who can play NBA level defense. Right. Yeah, you're missing the ampersand and the three in that case. A couple, one more name for you. Go. Michael Porter Jr., the Nuggets. Who says no? Philly or Denver? What is the injury status with him? I mean, they, are, no, are, what do we think about Not Jamal him? Murray, Michael Porter Jr. No, I know. But isn't he the guy who it's came in with ba- all the yeah, injury questions? Yeah, it was his back. That's why Is he, he okay slid. now? Like, are we convinced he's okay now? Like, everyone, I thought when he came in, people were talking about his career being dramatically shortened. This was, this was his best season, and he was relatively effective in the playoffs. I mean, he's an intriguing, his, his talent is intriguing. I'd rather have Jamal Murray. He's going to come back from that injury, but I assume you're not giving me that option. <laughs> I'm not. Nuno, who says no? I think Philly does. Yeah, me too. I, I think, I think there would be too much concern about that. All right, this was a fun day. I, can't believe, I, I would like to have had another hour because there's so much going on in the world of sports. But what I know for certain is that I'm very grateful that you spent this time with us. We will catch up again tomorrow on another very busy day rolling along. See you then on ESPN Radio.